enriching your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration from our brand new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Christmas is in the Air. This is such a fun collection of stories, but it's also filled with deeper meaning. Like today's stories, which delve into the real meaning of Christmas and community and doing for others and all the non-materialistic stuff that comes along with the holidays. I know it's still early in the season, but this episode will get you in the spirit for decorating in a few weeks when Thanksgiving is over. This first story is one of our favorites, mine and my assistant and part-time editor, Mary Fisher, who helps me put together these podcasts for you. The story is called Ashley's Tree and it's by Rose Howe. So Rose tells us she first saw this mysterious tree as she was driving home after attending an EMT meeting one night. She was surprised when her headlights picked up the glimmer of tinsel and colorful ornaments on a tree outdoors by the side of a county road with no residents in sight. It turned out to be a scrubby little juniper, more like a bush than a tree, and Rose couldn't imagine who had decorated it. But she loved it. It brightened her day every time she drove by it that December. And then, as mysteriously as it had been decorated, it once again became a scrubby little juniper tree at the end of the Christmas holidays. The following year, lo and behold, that tree was decorated again. Rose learned that it had been done by a middle school girl named Ashley Mund, who lived with her family a few miles farther up the road from the tree and just a mile or so from Rose's own farm. From then on, Rose waited impatiently for Thanksgiving to roll around each year so that she could see Ashley's Christmas tree again. Then the day came when Ashley graduated from high school and was off to start a new life in college. Rose was so happy when she was driving home one night from an EMT call and saw the tinsel and baubles again on Ashley's tree. The tradition was continuing, even though Ashley was in college. A few more years went by, and Ashley got married. Rose figured that was the end of Ashley's tree. But it wasn't. That tree continued to be decorated every year around Thanksgiving. And then last year, the county road department went on a tree trimming and roadside tree hazard eradication project. Eventually, they got to Ashley's tree. Rose was so upset that they took it down. But then at Thanksgiving, what did Rose see? But another tree along the road decorated with tinsel and ornaments. Ashley had adopted a new tree and the tradition continued. In another tale of kindness and community, CJ Cole tells us that she grew up in a small town in Kansas with one main road and one set of traffic lights. During the holiday season, the main street was always decorated with lights and a huge Santa, reindeer, and sleigh in the front yard of the courthouse. Santa had been the victim of kidnapping so many times that it had become almost a game by the time CJ was a teen. She says she can neither confirm nor deny allegations that she kidnapped said Santa and strapped him to the overhang by the high school with a sign on him that read, will work for eggnog. So in this cozy little town where the streets were lined with shade trees and everyone took care of their lawns, decorating for Christmas was part of the residents' regular routine. 
every holiday season, CJ's grandfather could be found on a ladder outside the house, hanging strings of lights on the many evergreen trees that encircled it. It was accepted in the neighborhood that everyone should decorate, and every evening, the neighborhood lights would all come on at about the same time. The year that CJ turned 12, about a week after the lights had gone up, her grandfather's lights were stolen. Her grandmother insisted they buy more and start over, so they did. After all, everyone needed to decorate and light up those dark winter nights for their neighbors. About a week after Christmas, the stolen lights were returned, neatly wrapped in a ball and left in a box on her grandfather's front stoop. For the next five years, the pattern repeated itself. The lights would go up, go missing, and be returned in an unmarked box after the holidays were over. Years later, CJ was clearing out the old house after her grandparents passed away. The last place she worked on was the attic over the garage, and there she found those old Christmas lights in a dusty box. She had some childhood friends over. They were helping her clean out the house, and she asked them if they knew anything about the lights. And it turned out that they did. They explained that the first year the lights went missing, their friend Dave had just lost his father in the Vietnam War. His family had no income, and there were no lights on the house for the holidays. Their house was the only one in darkness on a street full of lights, and it was something that his mother was ashamed of. Now, Dave's friends, having no money to buy lights, decided to do the only thing they could think of. They borrowed the lights from the trees around CJ's grandfather's house, and they decorated Dave's house with them as best they could, never telling him that they had stolen the lights. When the holidays were over, the boys felt duty-bound to return the lights in good condition. But the next year, it felt necessary to again borrow them for the happiness of their friend. The second year, CJ's grandfather caught them returning the lights. The boys explained why they had taken them, and then CJ's grandfather instructed them to tell no one. And it was understood that they would return the lights in good working order. A gentleman's agreement had been made. Years later, after CJ's grandmother had passed and her grandfather was in his late 80s, the four friends, now grown men, got together with their kids and they decorated his house for the holidays every year until his passing. They never spoke of what had transpired before. The gentleman's agreement was still in place. CJ says her childhood friends, who had started out helping their friend Dave with her grandfather's full knowledge, were then paying it forward. Once again, they were a group of friends making Christmas merrier for someone who needed a little help. So finding your Christmas spirit is what we're all about this season with this new collection called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Christmas is in the Air. Tell us your own story about how you either performed an act of kindness or received an act of kindness during the holidays. We're already collecting stories for our next Christmas book for 2021. Just go to chickensoup.com and click on Submit Your Story. You'll find a list of topics there, along with story guidelines and the form that you fill in to submit your own story for one of our future books. We're collecting stories not only for our next Christmas book, but also for books about angels, cats, gratitude, elder care, and overcoming challenges in tough times. I'm Amy Newmark. I want to thank you for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Let your friends and family know about it if you're enjoying it, because the more listeners, the better. 
I'll be sharing a couple dozen stories from our new Christmas book on the podcast. So subscribe to it to be sure you get every episode delivered automatically to you. And come back next time to hear the last episode of stories from our new dog book. We're going to talk about six ways to get the most from your life with a dog. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.